Hey everybody, and welcome uh, to our double digit episode, number 10 of the podcast, where we try and look a little bit deeper at coaching and uh, look to see if we can find ways that we can all do it better. For those of you who may be joining us today for the first time, uh, I suppose that was one of the main reasons of, of setting up this podcast with, with that extra little bit of time that we all have in our hands from COVID. Uh, I wanted to find ways by tapping into other coaches who've been very generous with their time and their information um, that we could all maybe learn from each other and and, uh, and do it a little bit better. Um, the, the goal being that, you know, our first session back, whenever that is, whenever we eventually round this COVID corner and get back on the field or in the gyms with our players, um, that our first session and every session after that is going to be better than the ones that we did previously. Not to say that they weren't good sessions, but that we can always improve. So uh, I've been delighted with the response of, of coaches, both the people that I've been lucky enough to have on the program and, and, and talking about their own experiences and their own learnings and how we can all pick stuff from that. And then also from the feedback that I've received from from coaches through social media or messages or phone calls, um, you know, telling me how, how uh, you know, such and such a person has has given them something that they wanted to explore a little bit more and improve their own coaching. And that's, that's you know, that's the brilliance of it, I suppose, really. Um, and then the other thing is, you know, to put all that together, uh, I've linked up with Temple Street Children's Hospital, as you've heard me say before, if you've been here before today, uh, to form a fundraiser. So that for people who are joining us, um, you know, and you do find value in the content of the people that have speaking, uh, it would be great if you could find your way to donate a couple of euros through the link in the podcast description or on my Twitter page at Mike Quirk, uh, and all that goes to a very, very worthy cause in Temple Street Children's Hospital up in Dublin. I mentioned earlier in the episodes, I suppose, that I had a young lad who spent a couple of weeks up there shortly after he was born, and while we're all kind of vaguely aware of Temple Street and, and you know, what they do up there, it's again really only when you have to go through their doors and and you have to put you know your your kid in in their hands and and see the kind of expertise and skill and talent and dedication that that they put into everything they do uh it's a kind of a very humbling experience and and something that if you have experienced it uh you want to try and do as much as you can to try and help them out in any little way you can so again if if we do have uh if we do find a bit of value in these lads i i am imploring people to you know, find find some couple of euros and, and send it on so that when we finish up, we've got a nice, healthy uh, ball of change to be given to Temple Street Children's Hospital. Okay, that's enough for me yammering on. Um, today's guest is a man by the name of Johnny McMurtry. Maybe not the most familiar to, to some of you, but Johnny's been based in, in uh, Brisbane in Australia for the last 15 or 16 years. Uh, working with Rugby Australia and at the moment is is doing some research in conjunction with, with the University of Queensland and Rugby Australia, specifically looking at the under 20 or age grade teams for all the Super Rugby franchises, so the Queensland Reds, Warriors and so on. Um, basically looking at why are players involved in sport, why are they trying to achieve, what are they trying to achieve, how can we as coaches help facilitate their journey through sport, how can we do things that will keep them playing sport longer and, and, and allow them to get the very most out of the experience that they're looking for. Uh, Johnny also runs a really fantastic Twitter account called Coaching the Coaches, uh, where he puts out some really, really great blogs on, on his research and different ideas and, and ties it into you know really actionable content that people can actually take onto the field or in the gym with their players whenever we do eventually uh, get back there. So. Um, 
their Twitter page is, is Coaching the Coaches, and also he's got a website which is coachingthecoaches.net, both of which are, are, are definitely worth, uh, are worth checking out if you enjoy what he has to say. Again, as always, guys, be sure to share it around the place. You know, like it, favorite it, leave a review. The more traffic that's on it, the more people that listen, the more that listen, the more money goes to Temple Street. So it's a it's a win-win. Uh, okay, everybody enjoy. All right, so Johnny, Johnny McMurtry, am I saying that right? You've nailed it, hundred percent. Nailed it. Okay, good stuff, <laughs> Johnny. Maybe, maybe for the people that that don't know where you are and and what you're doing and uh, how you got there, would you mind just giving us a bit of a background and a bit of a story as to where you are? Yep, no dramas can do. Um, yes, in my uh, living in Australia, uh, living in Brisbane, Australia, have been here for now 15, 16 years. Um, so what I'm doing currently, just finishing off some research in conjunction with University of Queensland and Rugby Australia. Uh, so extremely fortunate to uh, be welcomed in by Rugby Australia and doing it with the under uh, the age grade teams, the under 20 teams for all the Super Rugby franchises. So Queensland Reds, Warwick has one and so forth. Um, so what I did, I was trying to do, um, I've been involved with the high performance programs or, or age grade programs within Rugby Australia, Queensland Reds for about seven or eight years before this, before I started the research. And I, I was just feeling and seeing a gap in Essentially, what we were serving wasn't being eaten by the players, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, there was just this this uh, disharmony in in what we were offering or, or what how we were coaching and, and how the fellas were receiving it. Um, that lined up with, I have an 18-year-old son who's actually dropped out of rugby twice. Um, so that's broken my soul twice, obviously. But um, yeah, he, he, same thing again. It was just overzealous coaching. So so I really wanted to, my research really wanted to look into, you know, why, why these players are involved in the sport, um, you know, what they were trying to achieve in rugby and what sort of pricked their interest or what they were trying to achieve, you know, off the field as well, just to try and paint a better picture for um, the, the age grade coaches that are involved in this high performance program. Again, uh, like you'd know yourself, you can get very bogged down in detail and, and focus on, uh, you know, the, the performance uh, key key markers and KPIs and whatever you want to call it, um, whereas really getting to know the player is 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 you know that's peeling back those layers of onions can really give you something that's much more substantial and much more uh, you know it, it'll it'll they'll pick it up you know I mean long term and be much more ingrained into the program and have much more buy in so so that that was the real aims of the program so um, I was fortunate enough as I say you know rugby Australia we we, we fired out the survey both in the competitive stages of the season and, and towards the end of the season when they returned to um, their club environment or, or more social rugby. And it was good to just see that um, the, the answers and, and what they offered um, as a playing group was fairly um, standard and uniform right across both stages of the season. So like the, for these fellas, they, they step into, and there's other sports research out there, which what they're, what they're trying to do when they step into rugby, they want to have, um, it's, there wasn't a lot of talk of, you know, winning flags or, or you know, I mean, winning premierships, even winning games or whatever. It was this, in, you know, I mean, intrinsic desire and, and, and focus to, to really push and, and tick off markers that were important to them, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, it, it was this high effort, trying hard, you know, being able to compete. Like they were still chasing those, those positive coaching and, and a bit of a relationship. Um, especially with the coach and other players and whatever, but 
but they knew goals that they, they were really trying to mark off and really trying to tick off um, within themselves. Um, so you could see that real sort of focus. You, know, you could see the 18-year-old the players who are coming into it. Uh, they're probably trying to yeah, get themselves in the spotlight and grab a bit of more of the attention, whereas the, even the 20-year-old players, you could see they were just really just trying to, you know, I mean, answer answer the questions that they were asking within themselves uh, more so than yeah, say focused on you know winning premierships, winning flags, winning whatever it might have been. So, so yeah, so, you know, I mean, really interesting with that, and it's been good to be able to share that not just with you know, I mean, rugby coaches, but coaches within other sports in Australia, yeah. um, and, and across the world actually as well. But yeah, just to just to try and offer ideas or or a possible framework for how to get to know your athletes better, because you know, I mean, ultimately, as 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 well, you'll know and. In high performance sport or even in age grade sport, you get a limited amount of contact time. And especially now in, in 2021, there's 101 other ways that you know I mean teenage boys or girls can distract themselves in, in the nicest possible way. So so what what we offer or what we're what we're pitching as coaches or, or organized sports is is critically important. You know, I mean critically important to keep these fellows engaged or girls engaged. Uh, in, in organized sport for for years to come so yeah so yeah, yeah that's, brilliant and and where are you with that research johnny are you are you have you have you concluded it is there is there some hard findings out of it or, or where are you oh yeah look at the well the, the findings of theirs to say it's 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 not just the, the boring stage to call it that it's just editing and and, mm. and trying to get it into it has to has to be an APA format and whatever. So it's just trying to get all that, but all the data is collected. And as I say, if anybody wants to, you know, I mean, I, I'm happy to share um, the sort of edited version of all the, all the results that I found. But yeah, as I said, that, that was the main, you know, I mean, the main part of the findings was yeah, just finding these fellas, what they're, what they're actually looking for maybe is slightly different to what the program was, was trying to sell them. Um, but yeah, absolutely happy to share with, you know, I mean, results with yourself or anyone who's interested. So, yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. And, and so really that, that more, motivation side of things is something like I, I read and I'll, I'll put links out there later for people just in terms of your blog and that coaching the coaches mm-hmm. which is a which is a brilliant resource and I've been reading stuff in the in the last couple of weeks and I've really enjoyed it but your your last one there and it probably ties into this is 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 that idea of uh, you know the the environment, the 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 culture, I suppose, as opposed to the system, um, and 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 keeping people engaged, and how we do that through relationships and different things. Um, that's that's a really fascinating kind of. Um, it's not a new concept, I suppose, but it's probably a, a new direction for coach development and coach education, and 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 to push people in that direction. Do you want to talk about that for a minute? Yeah, hundred percent. And again, because you know, being twenty twenty one, as I said, there's so much access to. Information. There's so many ways to connect with players. There's so many almost, you know, I mean, markers and things to measure uh, within uh, organized or structured sport as well. But I guess it's being able to, to see the wood for the trees and actually go, well, what's what's important here? Just because it can be measured, should it be measured? Mm. Um, it's it's really getting, you know, I mean, deep into those relationships and connections. And and again, yeah, for the blog post you just talked about that I posted there the other day, I, I reflected on. I was watching the the AFL documentary that making their mark, and extremely interesting for me to see um, just the comparison of the coaches. You know, I mean, throughout the season, and ultimately Richmond's coach, Richmond's coach Damian Hardwick. You know, he talked about. Um, how how he's helping make Richmond men and and talked about those those uh, you know in those expectations that he has of the players both as both as players and as people um, and just that element of connection that he had you know I mean even in the build up towards yeah, even at halftime you know his halftime speech again sort of very motivational and whatever but the, the key underlying themes within it was 
you know, they, they're representing themselves. Yes, they're representing the Richmond Club, but it was he was trying to get them to express themselves and and all the markers and the key points that he wanted to you know talk about or address in reviews and whatever it was more. It, it was a, a collective identify goals and, and, and markers that they wanted to tick off together as opposed to you know preset KPIs or or you know expectations for how the game should be played. That just it, it didn't buy in, you know what I mean? As I say there, there was other clubs that tried to as I say that they, they knew what type of structure they wanted to play, they knew how they should play it, but it 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 felt almost like very thinly spread and there didn't seem to be a lot of buy-in from some of the players. Whereas then when there was that brutal honesty and, and, and again, I think there is carrot and stick versions to get it and whatever. It's just uh, how, how you get these players to be brutally honest with themselves and part of the group to, so they can collectively push all in the same direction. That's for me, that's the big thing. You know, I mean, yeah. I, I've, I've talked a lot to coaches, age grade coaches in Australia recently about, um, you know, how to build that culture or how to build that, how to build that sort of team identity um, what they can bring from their cultures into this collective team identity as well. And for me, that's a big thing is just asking questions, you know, asking these real leading open-ended questions, trying to get to know the players and just actually understand again, you know, one of the best questions I've heard recently, you know, I mean, being asked as a coach to players of is what are you giving up to be here? Because that leads so many avenues and so many ways, like I mean, what are they actually giving up to be, you know, I mean, involved in this sport or where could they be instead of being here? Mm. It's a really powerful question. And, and being almost patient enough to, to allow that answer to come out and have follow-on questions. That's the real art and craft of coaching at the end of the day. As I said, there's yeah. so many ways, like I was saying before, there's so many ways that you can measure and, and, and record certain things and, and, and get there and possibly communicate, but it's communicating on that deep level and, and waiting for the response and actually building on those relationships is, is the real craft, you know, I mean, of coaching and, and, and how you'll get these, these players to buy in over, over, over many years. So, so yeah. yeah. And, and like you said, it's easy, it's easy to measure your time over hundred meters or what you're lifting, but those things are very difficult to, to quantify, obviously, aren't they? Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's, and again, there's reasons why, and we can, we as coaches then can say, well, we need you to, you know, I mean, do certain things because for a style of play or, 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 or you know, I mean, what it means for the team for you to be able to do X, Y, and Z. But unless we have those conversations and unless we allow the players to come back and ask the questions and, and explore, you know, I mean, have that, you know, collaborative exploration, both as coach, players, athletes, and as teams, you're not going to get, as I say, that's the, the, they're not going to know why they have to do a certain bench press or have to do certain sprints or have to do, you know, certain beat tests or whatever it might be, whatever, you know, whatever sport they're involved in. Um, ultimately, if, if we can explain to them, well, this, you know, this is what we're trying to achieve. This is what we're trying to do and get some feedback and bounce back off them. Again, that's, it's, it's, it's cyclical. So coaching is a very cyclical sort of process. You know what I mean? We, we observe, we you know, uh, offer some ideas, suggestions, and then we review it. I and mean, it's, it's constantly coming back on ourselves. And as I say, that's why we have seasons, pre-season, you know, there's different stages in the, in the year when we'll try and do certain things or look at certain techniques and whatever, but it's constantly under review and we, we've got to have that sort of feedback from that, you know, dynamic process that, you know, of these relationships that we're building with, you know, players or, 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 you know, I mean, single athletes, whatever, whatever sports, you know, these coaches might be involved in. So, mm. so yeah, it, it is difficult, very difficult, but that's, I guess, this is the, the point of, you know, and being humble and being willing within yourself as a coach to almost not hang your hat on certain methods and whatever, and, 
being able to go, you know, throw your hand up sometime and go, well, you know, I, what I, what we tried is wrong, and let's try something different. Or, or what do you have? You know, I mean, what 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 ideas do you fellas bring to the table as well? So, so yeah, it's challenging for coaches. Very challenging indeed. Yeah, and 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 is that something? Is that something now that's really coming into coach development in in Australia? The idea of of working on that side of it as opposed to just the concentration on the technical skills and the X's and O's and the tactical side of it. But it certainly has come, you know, I mean, there's a lot of um, good, you know, I mean, resources and, and blokes out in Australia, you know, a lot of the, the sports as well, because there has been a lot of, and I'm sure it's the same in, in Ireland, you know, I mean, where there's been a lot of drop off. Um, I, I like to look at and the age grades I particularly like to look at is what I call that transition age. You know, we were talking uh, that 17 to 20 year old athlete where they're stepping from school into, into team sport or, you know, or um, club sport and whatever. So there is that the, the multiple distractions, players will be stepping into jobs, apprenticeship, uni, whatever it might be. So there is these other distractions and other ways to, you know, I mean, for them to get involved in, in other, you know, in extracurricular activities, do you want to call it, if you want to call it that. But yeah, yeah so there, there has been a great um, level of investment to try and work out, you know, I mean, to, to encourage coaches for, you know, how, how can we engage with this athlete? What can we do to, to keep more players involved in, you know, I mean, whatever sport we are involved in? Um, it is tough. Like, it's still that that, that, that battle of, you know, I mean, coach education, like, like you said before, of a lot of people, you know, I mean, we get so bogged into our sports where it's this reluctance to share and, and, and reluctance to, to offer ideas and whatever. But but actually, it was one of the best times when I was back in uh, back in Ireland. Uh, it was about four or five years ago now. I was talking to the likes of uh, Matt Wilkie, who's head of coach education in the IRQ. And like he talked about those, you know, I mean, the communities of practice that he's trying to set up within Ireland as well. You know, he, he would be he would have you know, a certain team. He wouldn't have a lot of people you know, being able or willing to travel, you know, I mean, kilometers on end. But but he'd be able to grab people from different sports and just share ideas. And it's it's always that. Yeah, it's that wiping at the eye to go look it. it you get bogged down and, and, you know, I mean, what you feel tactics and technical, you know, capabilities should be and whatever. But again, to come back to your coaching is a craft. It's a skill. It's, it's, it's being able to, you know, I mean, you know, stoke up these conversations, being able to, to, you know, I mean, grab players and just grab their attention. You know, there's, there's that great quote out there, you know, the conversation that you might have with the player might be the highlight of their day. You've got to really consider, you know, I mean, the, these aspects, especially in age grade sport, we don't know what, you know, I mean, type of day they've had or, or what home life's been and whatever. They, the big thing is they've made this commitment to come to us. You know, I mean, whatever age it might be, if it's a four-year-old, 14-year-old, 24-year-old, you know, they, they've made this commitment to come to organized sport. We've got to make it, engaging and relatable for them you know they spent time money you know i mean just trying to get there uh, and and we're trying to bog down and you know i mean technical aspects and how to how to catch a pass or how to kick a ball or, or, or something like that it, again let's really just have those conversations and go well you know I mean, how was your day you know what are you here for what are we trying to get you know i mean what, what was the things you picked up from the game at the weekend or whatever just again because these, these fellas might know and, and the big thing i find in age grade sport as well is a lot of the times you'll step into this environment where the players have played against, you know, the same players or teams for years on end. So if you can ask them for a bit of feedback and, oh, well, we played this team, you played them a couple of times in the past few years and whatever, what are they good at? What do they want to do? All of a sudden you get this, you know, I mean, this sense of autonomy and sense of buy-in from the players where uh, all of a sudden, you know, the coaches ask me a question, we're waiting to hear an answer. You know, that, that's, 
has more power than we actually give it credit for. You know, what I mean? and that's again, there's a lot of lessons to be learned from. You know, I mean, good teaching environments for exactly the same thing. As I said, it's it's to try and you know, I mean, offer your your students. Again, we can make mistakes, we can explore certain things, but as long as we can sort of be there to, to help guide them and answer any questions they might have, don't lead them down a path, let them lead us and maybe just shine a torch along their way just to, to, to offer them a bit of support. Um, but yeah, coming back to your first point, like there is a lot of um, uh, development or coach development as again, you know, especially around organized sports, just trying to, because there is that element to drop off, you know what I mean, mm. for uh, that sort of late adolescent and the early adulthood players. But Again, I, I'm finding a lot of it is being done in Ireland and, you know, I mean, to some extent, um, uh, the UK as well, uh, where there is, a, they're, they're acknowledging there is this necessity to try and keep, you know, I mean, young athletes involved, uh, interested and engaged in the game for longer, whatever that sport might be. Um, so, yeah, there is, you know, I mean, good resources out there, a lot of good people trying to, um, you know, spread, you know, good ideas about, out there for, for how to keep, you know, players engaged in, in different sports. But, but yeah, Australia has, you know, I mean, we've got a few um, good resources, good universities looking into this uh, type of areas and even the organised, um, the sporting organisations like Rugby Australia, NRL, AFL, you know, I mean, particularly strong at it. You know, I mean, they've obviously developed a women's game and things like that just to mm-hmm. try and widen their base. And, and again, trying to keep more uh, people involved in organised sports for longer. So, so yeah, look, Australia, you know, I mean, they've been ticking marks uh, uh taking markers off for the past few years and I think they'll continue to do so for years to come as well so yeah yeah it, it, and there is there is that kind of awakening I think to the to the idea of coaching being a little bit more of of the people business as opposed to that you know that that preoccupation with the X's and O's side of thing you know and like you mentioned there funnily about about your own your own son that he dropped out was it twice or whatever on, on the way yeah. up and uh, and it's like how do we keep those people in the game longer whether they ever go on and represent their country or their club even at senior level but how do we keep them playing as long as we possibly can and like your idea there when you talk about autonomy and you're asking questions maybe just for people that that aren't uh, that mightn't be clued into it. What what does that do for people when if I'm a player, if I'm 14 and, and, and now the coach is asking me questions and taking my perspective on board? What, is, what does that do for me? Yeah, look, and that's I've been really fortunate. I've got a couple of good advisors, Stephen Ren and Cliff Mallet, and we talk a lot about that, the idea of self-determination theory within sport. And uh, so there's the three key pillars within that. There's uh, autonomy, competency, and relatedness. So autonomy is that, that element of choice. You know, I mean, the offering, offering choice, allowing athletes for the example of sport, it would be uh, allowing and encouraging athletes to talk about practice design or, 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 you know, I mean, styles of play or, or, you know, I mean, what's important or meaningful for them. Uh, competency is obviously, you know, like my research, being able to take off markers that not just are important within the sport, but important in, inherently important to them as well. Again, this is where we, we talk about making sure players can play a certain way or, or have certain skills. But at the same time, we need to make sure that we're, we're marking off goals or, or, or ticking off boxes that are actually important to them. And again, that comes from that level of conversation and understanding the athlete and asking those questions. Um, and then competency is just that that level of togetherness again. So they want to feel as part of a group. So they're they're working together for something that might be, you know, I mean, structured through the likes of social identity theory, where they they see themselves as, you know, I mean, whatever it might be, a, a carry footballer or something like that. Yeah, you know, whatever. Well, however they see themselves, um, and they they can identify with playing or acting or being a certain person based on you know the groups that they relate to and and hopefully as I said they can get that from the groups 
Uh, look, and the big thing for me has always been as well is uh, we and, and a lot of coaches hate me saying this, but we are selling the product. At the end of the day, we're 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 pushing the product out there. As I say, there's vast, uh, you know, I mean, volumes of different organised sports, let alone other, you know, I mean, esports and everything else there is out there. So we've got to make the product that we're selling engaging and relatable and something the players want to buy in inverted commas. So um, that for us then to, to, as you said, ask these questions or involve the players, you know, I mean, whatever age they might be. And, and again, if it's, a, you know, if it's a very junior age, it's, it's getting to know the parents of the players as well, but we've got to give them or offer them a product that they actually want to come back to. You know, again, the big thing I've said to a lot of the junior coaches out in Australia is, you're probably not coaching the next Wallaby. You mightn't be coaching the next Queensland Red, but you could be the next sponsor, manager, coach, supporter. You know, it's, it's trying to, we're trying to widen the base. Like ultimately we're trying to make the, the Wallabies game in Australia stronger. Um, so for that, we need to widen the player base, but then we also need these other key elements, you know, I mean, off the field as well of, uh, you know, engaged coaches, you know, I mean, who, who bring in different ideas and styles and techniques, uh, management, admin staff as well. So, so again, it's, it's, if we solely focus on the technical, technical aspect, then we're going to keep some of these, you know, I mean, different skill sets of, of, you know, or people with different skill sets away from the sport because we're solely focused on you know i mean this this high performance outcome so mm. so yeah again that's what we just need to focus on you know i mean the, what we're offering to players or, or or people involved in organized sport to make sure that it's it's they want to be there you know i mean we're selling the product or we're offering a product that that engages them and, and as i say offering offering the likes of the self-determination principles and, uh, or as you say asking the questions and engaging them on a, on a relatable level is is critically important. I feel critically important. Yeah, and you know when you're when you're talking to coaches who are involved, you know a lot of coaches sure look are are people that are moms and dads getting involved with their own kids who are starting out, or, or there's no no one to take the under twelves or fourteens and they, and they stick in. And and when you hear stuff like self determination theory, excuse me, it can be a little bit like Jesus. I just wanted to get the cones and the footballs, and now what, what's this? And 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 like that idea is just I I think it's it's probably the most under utilized tool that we have as as coaches we do a great job in terms of the competency and the relatedness we, everybody's really identified with their club or their sport and and we're good at working on the skills and, and giving kids that feeling of a bit of success when they do that but the autonomy i still think is something that we're we're, we're, we're getting there we're pushing towards it but it's still something that underage coaches can be using that's a really really powerful tool that can that can help negate the dropout and burnout that that your own son and, and hundreds of thousands of other people, you know, feel when they're 14, 15, and 16 years of age up the up the line. 100 percent And and I guess that's again, it's this, it's this feeling as a coach. Um, you know what I mean? If you're if you're offering the players, if you're not prescribing them, then you're not coaching. Mm. Um, so I guess it's just it, it's that fine balance and it needs that almost uh, you know like a, a cultural or generational change as well mm. of well as you say you know it's it's hard you know i mean especially i see it a lot in the, the these transition players that are coming through they come from a very school um uh, within brisbane there's you know i mean this gps system where it's very heavily prescribed and like there's a lot of focus on the you know, i mean the the certain schools winning and, and what they've got to do and how they can generate, you know, I mean, you know, representative players and whatever. So, so they come from this heavily prescribed environment, but as you said, like if we focus on the fact that we want to build both better people as well as mm. better players, 
then we have to offer them these tools and these opportunities to express themselves, you know, I mean, both as a person and, and be able to have a voice and say, well, no, I don't, I don't feel this is a right fit for myself or us as a team. And I feel we should do X, Y, and Z because ultimately you're building life skills, which, you know, I mean, they'll step into a workplace environment and they need to have these skills as well. The great, you know, I mean, one of the best quotes I've heard for, for doing exactly that, the NRL, um, the rugby league organization within Australia, the big thing that they were pushing their coaches was to step back before you step in. All right. So if you see something that you're not a hundred percent, you know what I mean? Let it play out. Let's see how this goes. You know what I mean? Essentially let the players try and self-correct, self-organize. You know what I mean? We're, we're almost too quickly. We want practice to look perfect. And, mm-hmm. and it's not, you know what I mean? When it comes to Saturday, Sunday matches, whatever it might be, it's boggy, it's messy, mistakes happen, people turn up late, Jimmy forgets his boots, you know what I mean? There's 101 different things that goes on and whatever. And again, it's it's actually training and allowing these players within a practice environment to go, stuff goes wrong, shit goes wrong. And, and, and it's actually how we can act and react as a person and a player that, that you know, I mean, that's what, you know, again, you can have the perfect skills or, or be able to, you know, I mean, handball or kick, you know, I mean, under no pressure, but it's it's actually making these decisions both, you know, I mean, utilizing your skills plus, you know, making the decisions at the right time and, and, and for the right reasons is that's what we really want as athletes. So, so yeah, coming back to your point, it, it is hard. You know what I mean? It's hard. As you said, we do, you know, I mean, a lot of positive coaching out there, ticking off the confidence here uh, and relating this markers. Uh, um, but that autonomy stuff is hard because it's almost that, you got to release that little bit as a coach or, mm. or, or, and that's, that's why, you know, there's a couple of resources I've sent by on my website recently of like a, a questioning cheat sheet. So I love to challenge coaches to just, even if it's for half a session, two thirds a session, do nothing but ask questions. All right. Mm. So don't, don't prescribe. Don't, you know, I mean, don't tell we're going to do X, Y, Z. What do you want to do? How, you know, I mean, what do we need to work on? What do you think we did well at the weekend? Again, so you're, all of a sudden you're getting this constant, constant feedback. And as I say, you'll you'll get the, I mean, you'll get that positive engagement from the players if they feel like, you know, I mean, both you're asking questions and they're being heard. Uh, that's the important thing is asking more questions when you get that feedback. And um, then you'll you'll get a, a um a more engaging, more enjoyable, more relatable, you know, training session. And and, and hopefully you can build on something like that for weeks to come. So, so yeah. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant, and and just and the bounce that, that that they get out of that in terms of their own kind of intrinsic motivation as well from from feeling like you know they are being a you know they're a valued part of it as opposed to like you said just being prescribed to all the time. You know, it's it's a it's a it's a really it'd be a really positive and healthy place for coaching in every sport to really move towards that idea of like I love that you know just step back before you step in. That's like something very simple, but can be something very effective as well. That's it, yeah. As I say, it's just it's allowing that to happen. As I say, that's that's we as coaches, we wear, you know, I mean, we wear the of, of course we do. We have a lot of buy-in, we have a lot of heart and feeling towards, you know, I mean, our players, our teams, and, and again, how that reflects it, it's a it's a reflection of us as well. You know, I mean, that's our buy-in too. But but again, ultimately it's 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 that thing of, you know, I mean, as you say, stepping back, allowing the the you know, I mean, what will happen happen and allowing the players to act and react to it and you know, I mean, have those, you know, I mean, conversations within themselves, they'll have leaders within teams or 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 certain people within teams will will hopefully, you know, I mean, say, well, no, this, you know, I mean, these are our expectations, these are our standards. And again, that's where if the fellows set the standards and fellows make the adjustments that are needed, then yeah, ultimately, because that, that's that's what you want. That's that's what you need from you know, I mean, an organized sport team or a high performance team. You you want them to 
see it, correct it, you know, I mean, discuss it, you know, I mean, make adjustments on the run and whatever, because, you know, I mean, our job, especially on a Saturday or Sunday, we, you know, there's a reason we stand on the sideline. We send them out there and, and they have to hopefully, you know, I mean, use some of the tools that we've offered them during the week, but they're just that, they're just tools. At the end of the day, playing styles can go completely out the window. We're playing against other humans, you know what I mean? That they, they, they can act and react in their own different ways as well. So ultimately it's just, the more we can offer them tools to act, react, you know, I mean, self, be self-aware and self-organized, then, then ultimately they'll be better players and better people as a result. So. Yeah, yeah. And and that idea of ugly practices or, or messy practices, uh, you know, people do have this this feeling that if I don't have my 472 cones laid out beautifully, like a, you know, like, like a runway for a plane and that everything's running so methodically, like that that's that's not the practice you're really looking for now especially if you're if you're talking about those under any any age team really but that's not what you want really is it you you want that you want the, the mistakes so that we can we can review and learn from it and ask questions and and leave them come up with the solutions and have footballs go missing and have rugby balls go missing or whatever it is and um, but that's a hard. Again, it's probably that's that's another stage that where where coaches have to feel comfortable in the in the in the craziness of it I suppose. Absolutely, and, and again, that comes back to your coaching style. Like, yeah, as you say, as you, see, you know, I mean, you'll you'll walk up the fields and you'll see, you know, I mean, like you said, 101 different cones. But I, I've yet to watch a GAA match where there's a single cone on the field. To be honest with you, so. But again, it's 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 these styles and, and different coaching styles, and there's a lot of information out there for you know, I mean, game based designed and you know, constraint led learning where we can sort of massage again development from these conversations. We can massage and make some games where there is a bit of learning in it and you know and we can still pull you know i mean players out and do a bit of technical work but again it can be on that one-to-one level so we can allow um that development to sort of work and blossom and leave the fellas in charge of it um on on structured you know or, or unstructured games and sort of modified or conditioned games they allow again it's much more um there's a bit more feeling and a bit more understanding to it for players again you know that that's where they can have this transition of skills where, you know, I mean, they'll pick up something that you might say, again, you can grab them to the side, well, try and do X, Y, Z instead and, and directly apply that into a, a game context or, or, or apply it into a different part of their learning or whatever. So, so yeah, again, it's, it's, there's always been this, as you said, you know, we want, you know, from the outside looking in, it, it has to look polished. It has to look right, whatever. But again, it just, it just isn't like that. And again, I, I find that, you know, I mean, from, from, you know, I mean, under sixes right through to senior football, it would be this, exactly the same. It's, you know, I mean, things happen. As I say, uh, things happen uh, on the build-up to a week. You'll have certain injuries or, or certain you know, players. And again, it's you know, there's things going around in the back of their head. You know, I mean, there might be, you know, people might be changing jobs, you know, babies coming around, you know, girlfriends, other relationships, relationships and whatever. So they might not just have that, that edge and whatever. So again, having that conversation or having that relationship stuff and focusing more time on that as opposed to laying out 101 cone and um, just understanding where the players at, you know, and today, tonight on the build-up of the game is much more important than having a polished practice, you know, because then, as I say, it might just be that, that again, that one conversation could be, you know, I mean, John's starting a new job. He's feeling a bit of pressure from home. So it's, you know, I mean, knock him off early. Go spend an extra half an hour with the missus, have a chat through him, whatever. Just those types of conversations mm-hmm. and whatever are important much more than, 
you know, I mean, your practice design and, you know, I mean, 10 push-ups for every drop ball, things like that, you know, to say that's those types of standards and how the practice should look, I feel should be coming more from the players because, again, they're the ones who are involved and engaged in, in those competitive scenarios or, or games at the weekend. So, so yeah. And that's really, that's really kind of developing relationships, you know, other than anything to do with the actual game, isn't it? Absolutely. That's, that's, yeah, again, and, and developing those relationships. I mean, it, it can be with, we, especially up in the senior football and maybe the same in senior rugby, there's what you call your leadership groups and you lean mm. upon, you know, upon blokes like this where, you know, I mean, they have certain skill sets or, or certain qualities even as a person. Um, and you can have, you can develop other relationships through a deeper connection with the, you know, I mean, members of those leadership groups as an example, but, but yeah, it's, it's it's understanding the players, understanding the feeling amongst the group, and and, and again, getting the, the more you can get players, whether it be your captains or your leadership groups, the, the you know, I mean, both identify and then drive, you know, I mean, what 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 standards they want to set, uh, and they can talk to you. So, like again, the prime example would be um, uh, the Crusaders in New Zealand. Obviously, you know, I mean, one of the most successful rugby teams, like. You hear Scott Robinson talk about how he has this really deep, meaningful connection with um, uh, what was uh, the captain last year. His name escapes me now, the big second row. But like he would spend a lot of time on a daily basis talking with him so that then when it came to training, he ran it. You know what I mean? It's a, Scott would, you know I mean, sort of pull a few strings and be able to uh, make adjustments on a, on a one-to-one basis with certain players. But when it actually came to the closer it got to the match, you know, the more the captain would run it because the work's done. You know, the standards have been set, the the, the goals and, and where they want to play at the weekend's been identified. And again, that that's then ultimately being driven by the players. They are so they have greater both identification of it, they have uh, a much more deeper feeling and better understanding of it as a result. So again, yeah, we as coaches as I say, we just we have to take the back seat. You know, I mean, we have to be comfortable to take that back seat and just allow, you know, I mean, off hold that map, offer them a bit more direction and whatever. But the players have to drive it. That's that's the yeah. big thing. The players have to drive it. And again, that, that'll give you a much more competent and confident player um, as a result. So, yeah. Yeah. And and if if we're talking, because there's people obviously listen to this, Johnny, from people that are involved with under eights and under twelves and all, all the way up the line, loads and loads of different sports, obviously. And um, like that might sound again, that might sound a lot now to somebody who's over an under eleven team or under thirteen team or whatever it is. But there's still there's still little bits you can do there to to empower those players and and to to you know give them that little sense of autonomy where where they can while maybe not having it maybe you can set up a leadership group with under thirteens or whatever maybe have two or three people, but it's still there's still ways we can do that even at those age groups, isn't there? Absolutely. And again, yeah, it comes back to like, like we talked about, you know, I mean, by and large throughout this is, is, is those relationships, as you said, on the 12s and the 13s, um, it's, it's under, for me, a big thing is understanding why they're involved in the sport, you know, especially at that age grade, you know, they can, in Ireland, I imagine they'll play, you know, be playing, you know, football, soccer, you know, hurling, whatever it might be, there's multiple sports there, but again, they're choosing to be here. It's understanding why they want to be here, why they want to play, you know, I mean, whatever it might be on a on a Tuesday, Thursday night. Um, again, it's like what what they're trying to do. Again, it could just be you might have your top player, but the only reason he's there is because he's got five or six of his mates playing the same team. Whereas then you've got you know another twelve year old who who who's really invested into the game, you know, he really wants to 
make sure he's he's engaged and involved in the game for a long time. And he's the one you actually want to spend a bit more time on and offer a bit more technical advice. But again, that doesn't come without asking his questions and building mm-hmm. that background and whatever. And, and again, it can be done with, with under 12s. Like, again, a lot of the things I used to do when I was coaching, you know, I mean, the, the younger age grades was, I found that as a prime time to actually catch up with some of the parents and ask a couple of questions as well. So the game's going on, you know, I mean, especially at that under 12, they play 20 minutes a half. They know what they're doing. It's in the nicest possible way. It's a boggy mm-hmm. game. There's going to be a lot of knock-ons, a lot of restarts and things like that. So I'd go down and ask, you know, I mean, uh, you know, Andy, how's the sun? You know what I mean? What's been going on in school this week? Even if it's just a minute and you'll grab a couple more ideas and then it's it gives you then something to feed back into you know, in the mm-hmm. next training session. It's just, it's those little things that, that you know, I mean, a, a lot of, uh, I was fortunate enough to speak to Shane Webke who, play for um, uh, the great you know, Wayne Bennett a few years ago. And, and that's the big thing he talked about. And this is obviously in a high performance environment is he would talk about Wayne would just, you know, I mean, he'd come out for a training session and for two or three minutes, talk about anything but football. How's the wife? How's the kids? Oh, you said the kid, you know, I mean, the youngest was sick last week. How's things going? You know what I mean? Uh, you've come, you know, your dad's out of the farm. How's it going? For three, And then he said, after that three minutes, he said, he could have told me to do anything. And I would have, I would have ran through a brick wall for him. No, And again, it's just that level of connection. And, and, and you feel, you know, I mean, welcomed in and the armor, like the metaphorical arm around you. So you feel that that deeper connection that, you know, I mean, that really they're looking for. And if they don't feel that, even at that under 12, under 11, age grade level, whatever it might be, they'll look for it for somewhere else. As I say, whether that's in, in sport or, you know, I mean, God forbid, whatever else it might be. And that's, that's sad. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a really, really critical role. And as I say, it's, it's something that hopefully we can offer as coaches is some, you know, I mean, some sort of avenue where kids can come, express themselves, enjoy themselves and hopefully stay within organized sport for a long, long time. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And and like you said, whether whether that means they become an elite player or they become somebody who's involved in the club committee or, or sponsor or support, whatever it is, it's 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 that lifelong sustainable engagement in, in sport and physical activity that that really any coach at any underage level, that that's your goal, isn't it? Absolutely. And and again, and and, and even with like I'm sure you've come across, even with you know, I mean, angry parents or overzealous coaches and whatever. It is ultimately tr- coming from a good place. But again, mm. it's, it's just being able to tr- try and, you know, almost calm them down a bit and say, look, you know, I mean, who, who is playing here? Who's this for? You know, I mean, where is this coming from? I understand that, you know, they're not, you, you don't want to try and say that, you know, they're living through their child or anything like that. But, but realistically, you've got to just engage them and say, look, the focus is little Johnny here. You know, I mean, he, he's here. He's the one putting the effort in. As you said, Hopefully, look, like, you know, I mean, hopefully he will become the, the next Wallaby or, or whatever it might be. But at the same time, we just want him to play sport. And, and, and again, you know, I mean, a lot of kids get involved in certain sports or certain, you know, I mean, organized activities because of, you know, I mean, trying to make mum happy, dad happy, being around friends and whatever. So, so why should we strip away or try and, you know, I mean, take away that level of enjoyment or level of engagement that they're obviously trying to look for or get from it? Why should we strip that away by, you know, bogging down with uh, things should be, you know, I mean, that's that's not what rugby or football looks like or or this is how I feel we should play. Again, ask them, engage them. You know, they, they might want you to take the lead, but unless we ask and engage and sort of tiptoe around those open-ended questions and, and get a bit of bounce back and feedback from them, we're never really going to know. So, mm. so yeah. 
Yeah, you, you talked about the parents there. I refereed an, an under eight go games. Like it's a, it's about seven aside. It's really just fun. There's no one keeping score. There's nothing. Uh, I refereed a game one night. Never again. Yeah, never again. It was one of the, <laughs> one of the craziest experiences. Yeah, pe- people just lose their mind a little bit when when their little Johnny is playing and maybe he picked the ball off the ground or something went wrong. And you know, yeah. yeah. So so parents parents obviously, and I'm one myself. Obviously, and I've got I've got I've got three kids, and and I find I find now funny like. Over here, Johnny, with, with COVID, we're not, we have no sport, basically. So kids are kind of trying to do a little bit of individual practice. And it's very difficult because it's just monotonous at this stage. It's, it's going on so long. You know, and I, and I find myself now, like we have a PlayStation in the house. And it's, it's you know, like you're trying to have that battle where, okay, we, we want to practice a little bit of ball, be outside, run around, do whatever. And then, okay, you can have a little bit of this over here as well. But I think a lot of parents around the place, especially in COVID countries right now, are, are struggling with that kind of balance as well. Oh, absolutely. And look, and we're really fortunate that, you know, I mean, as you say, organized sport, we, we, we took probably about a, a three, maybe four month hit, you know what I mean, last mm. season. Um, but yeah, as I say, we've been fairly fortunate to have a lot of organized sport and haven't had much of a break from it. As I say, for example, our, our rugby seasons have gone real deep into pre-season with the main season kicking off again in a few weeks' time. Um, but look, it, it's it's and for what you tiptoed around as well, this this is the thing at the end of the day with the likes of yeah, online computer games and whatever, fellas can get that sense of engagement or sense mm-hmm. of, you know, I mean, being part of something by by the likes of, you know, I mean, PlayStation or, or you know, I mean, Fortnite was the greatest example of that. You know, I mean, there was a couple of studies out there for self-determination theory and what you can achieve or all those pillars can be ticked off by, by playing Fortnite. Mm. You know what I mean? You say you work up on those levels, you know what I mean? That's ticking off your, your competency. Obviously, the relatedness, you're doing it all online and whatever. And again, the autonomy factor was, you know, you could build this game and, and buy certain things and dress in certain ways and whatever. So, so this is the thing. Again, it comes back to this product of what we're selling. So we've got to really, you know I mean? And, and coaches, and I've talked to a lot of coaches, you know I mean, within Ireland as well, of, well, what 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 do we do or you know i mean it's coming back and i'm like the big thing and hopefully a big thing that some of the coaches might take from this is as you say you know what i mean let's ask some questions they're coming back as you said you, you know i mean we've had this covid reset but all right so what what let's try not to go back to what we did because again it might force more people out they've, they've had this time to explore other avenues to engage themselves you know they've come back and they want to be involved in in your sport so so what you can do is even ask them, ask them those questions. Well, why, why, why have you come back to, you know, I mean, football this year? Um, what do you want to get? You know what I mean? What did you miss as well? You know what I mean? These, these types of questions. What did you miss about, you know I mean? Not being able to play last season. You know, what, what, what do you look for? What do you want training to look like, you know, going ahead this year? Because again, you mightn't get a second chance. You know what I mean? There, mm-hmm. there, there might not be, you know I mean? This, this second reset button. So, um, hopefully a lot of coaches have time to, to read around and reflect and I guess that's been the one big thing for me I mean that I've seen as positive is, is sharing ideas and sharing you know I mean there's been a lot of these sort of zoom meetings and, and different podcasts to, to try and expand you know I mean coaches ideas so hopefully when we get you know I mean a bit of grass under our feet we don't go back to you know old habits or bad habits you know I mean hopefully there is some good old habits as well but yeah it's just just being aware as you said you know that that COVID you know players are going to come back so let's actually offer them what they want from the sport um, mm. yeah and, and 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 you know push on from here essentially yeah brilliant yeah and uh, like I, I suppose and I won't I won't delay you much longer uh, Johnny but like that that idea yeah. and it's coming across loud and clear is obviously like just 
you know, asking questions, like asking questions, is, is that your, you know, if I asked you for something really actionable for coaches now, hopefully, hopefully we're looking at maybe uh, two to four weeks, hopefully, and, and we do get a little bit of grass under our feet. I, 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 if I said to you, give me, give me something really actionable for coaches here who are going to be taking underage teams in, in a month's time, is, is asking questions one of those things that, that you'd, be, you'd be prioritizing? Uh, for sure, yeah, because again, it, it just asking those questions and waiting for those answers just really sets a different mindset in that coach athlete dynamic. Um, as I say, you know, I mean, coach can coaches of the past, and, and again, the coaching education that has been in the past has been very that autocratic, prescriptive, you know what I mean? Really, just I have the answers, you know, I mean, and, and just sort of pouring through and giving, giving the players, you know, this is what you should do because of X, Y, and Z, or, or looking around other teams and, and seeing what, you know, I mean, this is what, you know, this is how we should play because, you know, I mean, the All Blacks do it or, or certain other, you know, I mean, Gaelic teams do it or whatever it might be. Um, it's actually then just going, well, no, yeah, as you say, how do you, what do you want training to look like? You know, I mean, what again, like we said, you know, in a couple of weeks' time, what did you miss? You know, I mean, what should we be doing a lot more? Because then if you get, you know, what did you miss and two or three players offer the same answer, well then you you try and offer that because then that's what they're going to buy in and you're you're going to get a bit more engagement, enjoyment, and training. Because as you said, especially with you know the likes of the under 11s, under 12s, but but even up the senior levels, I say, and I imagine, you know, I mean, with senior levels, like it's a big commitment. All of a sudden, it's been it's been twelve months. You're going to have these older players; they're a year older, different commitments. You know, what I mean, different different family structure, different job structures, whatever it might be. So, again, asking those questions to, to understand what's going on away from the field, so that then you know how how hard you can push or what way they want to be pushed as well, because. You know, when you get towards that seniors or, or that high performance level, it's offering them a way and communicating the style that they can relate to. But yeah, for me, coming back to that sort of junior or adolescent sport, yeah, asking those questions to, to, to formulate and structure and offer them a, a practice, you know, I mean, that, that they can relate and buy into and, and actually enjoy. Um, because again, yeah, just, just, just getting that greater level of buy-in and enjoyment means you know, they'll be engaged for that sport for a much for a much longer time years to come. So, yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Uh, I, I just had there um, about yourself, just maybe your own kind of, your own biggest, the biggest kind of improvement, maybe if you were starting out today, uh, knowing now what, what you didn't know when you started coaching, what, what kind of, what big learnings did you come over, you know, since you started out in the game? Look, yeah, again, the big thing, I, I, I like probably all coaches as well, I sort of look back at my hands and my head, you know, I started coaching probably 12, 13 years ago, and I think of the first session, so I had a really good group of under 15, under 16 boys, you know, I mean, I started coaching, whatever, and, and again, they were quite good, they were, they were sort of a rough diamond, to call them that, so they were just looking for a bit of structure, but again, it was that I didn't coach the way that, as I say, it, it wasn't relatable to the game, you know, I mean, I, I coached with this idyllic um, way that I thought, you know, I mean, rugby could be played and these are the, you know, I mean, these fellas can, I'm sure we can do X, Y, and Z when realistically they were capable for only A, B, and C. So it, it was understanding who they were, what they were capable of, um, as opposed to, I, I offered them sort of stretch goals, but they weren't really stretch goals. They were far too abstract for what they were. So so I guess the big thing for me and and, and probably the, the thing that I've certainly improved of is, is, addressing well actually what does this age grade you know i mean game look like uh, what are they capable of what do they want to do um so that 
again, it's it's not this completely abstract where, you know, I mean, the players look at it and go, well, that doesn't look like us. We can't do that, whatever. It's it's allowing them to build and, and, and work on, you know, certain areas that, again, is meaningful for them, important for them, but represents the game, the style and type of game that they want to play. And, and again, use those skills and, and, and test themselves, you know, like, like I found in my research, being able to understand those markers that they have internally and ticking off them as opposed to, uh, yeah, I hear Eddie Jones, he's trying to create the perfect game and whatever, but for me, it's that, you know, I mean, how hard is that to create the perfect game when you're playing against another team of humans who are going to have abstract ideas and decisions and whatever, and yeah, you know, I mean, that's just so hard, so hard, but yeah, for me, just the big thing that I've taken, and hopefully other people hearing this, is just look at the game, look at how they're playing, look at the skill set you've got, and then listen to what they want to do and sort of massage it that way as well, which, again, is, it's so hard. As I say, coaching yeah. is a craft, coaching is a skill. To grab all that and, and make it into you know a practice session they can relate to is so, so hard. But, yeah, it takes time. It takes time. And, yeah. as I say, hopefully, as long as you're getting better over the years, that's the main thing. So Yeah, yeah for sure. And, and that's, But that's probably a good message, though, in, in terms of, you know, I think it's come across loud and clear, the idea of, of really engaging and involving the the. the kids or the players in in the whole coaching process really that it's not as you say an autocratic thing where the coach is the one dictating everything that it's 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 more of a two-way street really and that's the way that coaching is probably evolving towards has to be has to be as i say and, and again that's that's fairly fairly uniform both in, in in sports coaching but even in teaching environments you know workplace environments as i say the more you can involve and say that that sort of top-down system is, is, is gone you know what I mean it's as I say it's you have to give people reasons of why you know what I mean as I say you have kids as well you know what I mean the most common question in my house would be why 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 they want to know why you know what I mean as I say they, they are exploring you know what I mean we encourage them to explore and look into and again it's it, the more we tell them well, because I said so that's the more pushback <laughs> you're going to get and, and head button you're going to get it's it's why and, and again my my youngest you know I mean she's in particular but why why do we do this and you offer a reason and you know I mean it might be to be safe or or you know I mean we we learn this way because you know we can read more books around it whatever and again it's just just that process it's a lot in that process time but again it's as opposed to pushing them down a certain avenue it's taking their hand or shining the torch and letting them find their way but yeah that that's fairly uniform now as you know as we find and as we see within teaching the workplace as I said no. No longer are we are we dictating or, or that autocratic style. It's, it's you know I mean, it's we're, we're we're working with people and again that's that's within sport as well. As to say we working to create an engaging atmosphere, whether it's high performance, how can how can we get the best out of the players, or or in recreational sport where how can we get them to stay involved in the sport for longer. So yeah, yeah brilliant. Yeah, uh, Johnny, I think that that's a, a a good way to wrap it up. But before we do, I. Would you would you just tell people a little bit just about your, your the website and, and and the blogs and stuff because again as I mentioned at the start and I will put up the link there is some real real quality stuff there for people that that maybe want to learn a little bit more about you and about your your uh, the research that you're doing and what you're looking at would you mind just telling people a little bit about that yeah hundred percent thanks so much for saying that so um, yeah look the website is www.coachingthecoaches.net um, as I said, that's you know, it has my email address there, which is just Johnny at coachingthecoaches.net. Um, another good way I, I share a lot of coaching resources via Twitter, um, which is at uh, coachingcoach underscore. So um, yeah, as I said, there's there's plenty of ways, plenty of good resources. As I say, there's a lot of good resources within Australia, Ireland, UK, uh, Canada, US that I share. You know, I mean, via Twitter and other ways as well. 
uh, try and get that blog post out once a month, twice a month as well. But yeah, I really appreciate you saying that. As I say, it was just to try and try and grab a few of these ideas that I'm getting from my research and past coaching experiences and just, just try and apply them to different sports and, and, you know, I mean, hopefully giving people different ideas and, and how to engage your athletes of all ages. So, so thanks for that. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. There's some, some real quality stuff in there. So um, you're probably going out for a swim or down the shops or whatever. And we're here walking around our 5k looking at ourselves like, like, uh, like this COVID thing is never going to leave us alone, uh-huh. but it will eventually. But uh, again, I suppose for the people that are listening that I mentioned in the introduction, um, this this guys is 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 being done as a as a fundraiser for Temple Street Children's Hospital as well, obviously in Dublin. So for the people that are listening, uh, and again, if you haven't donated already, there will be a link in the podcast description or on my Twitter page at Mike Quirk. For the people that have, again, I really appreciate it and, and thanks. Thank you.